We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send peace and blessings upon uh, our beloved Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, upon his family, his companions, and those who follow them until the end of time. Jazakallah uh, khair. It's great to be here uh, at MCC in San Diego with the care chapter here, uh, which continues to do, mashallah, and perform uh, very admirably uh, and very uh, sincerely with a great sense of dedication uh, to the Muslim community. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, after a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan rajim, inna Allah yudafi'u anil ladhina amanu. Allah, one of the sunnan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one of the divine uh, qualities of Allah is that he is constantly defending and looking after the uh, needs of the believers. Allahu ladhina amanu yukhrijukum min al-zulumati ila nur. Allah said that he is the caretaker of those who believe. Right, those people who are close to Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, again, mentions that they have no fear, they have no grief, because they know that Allah is in control of everything. And Imam al-Ghazali, he mentioned uh, very beautifully that it's upon the believer to try to يتخلق بأسماء الله تعالى وصفاته uh, that a believer should try, of course, no one can be like God in that way, but within the realm of humanity and the human quality, we should twi- try to act on the qualities that God has bestowed His grace upon us through. So like, for example, Allah is Ar-Rahman, so we should be merciful to people. As is mentioned in the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is generous, so sh- we should be within the, the uh, unsacred realm, the human realm, uh, as generous as possible. And, and, and this quality of defending and looking after the believers is actually a fard al-kifaya wa qad yakun fard al-ain. And it could also be an individual or a communal obligation to take care of the community, to look after the community. That's why I said Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu, he said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, like whenever there was disturbance in Medina, the Prophet would always be the first to go and try to help. He would always be the first to look after the needs of the people. This is something that we neglect also as a community in an age of reductive religiosity where we've reduced religion uh, strictly to being in the mosque or strictly to listening to a certain sheikh or strictly to dressing a certain way. We've neglected one of the great, great amana is to look after the community of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And that includes a number of things. Number one is being loving and welcoming and forgiving to people, as the Prophet وسلم, said, idkhala, idkh, like to bring happiness to a believer will necessitate paradise for you. Uh, of course, the famous hadith, Mathal Mu'minin, the example of the believers in their, in their tawadu', in their love, and their tarahum, and their mercy for each other is like one body. And of course, the hadith of Sayyidina Muhammad Right, you'll never enter paradise until you believe and you'll never believe until you love one another. One of the challenges that we find at a private religious level for every member of the religious community is that oftentimes shaitan tricks them through their religious commitment to hate the believers and to scorn the believers and to turn away from the believers and to look down on the community, to have this harshness in their heart. وَلَوْ كُنْ تَفَضَّنْ غَلِيذَ الْقَلْبِ لَنْ فَضُّ مِنْ حَوْلِكِ 
Allah said, you know, O Muhammad, if you're harsh in your heart, people, they will leave you. If this is Sayyidina Muhammad wasallam, then what about us who are nowhere comparable to the Prophet wasallam? And also Allah says, وَخْفُدْ جَنَاحَكَ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ Right, you should be humble, you should be kind to the believers. And we know that the Prophet said to Sayyidina Mu'ad, خَالِقِ النَّاسِ بِخُلِقٍ حَسَنٍ You know, you should be good to people. So this is something we need to be careful of. That just because I'm on the front row, or just because I heard every juz of the Qur'an every night, or just because I'm observing the fast, that somehow this allows me to mistreat other people who I see are not as good as me. This is the trick of shaitan. And we know that one shaitan, he's with us all our lives, even in the month of Ramadan. And that's the shaitan that you were born with. And one of the key tricks of that shaitan is to make us give up on the ummah and to actually hate the community of the Prophet ﷺ. Because if you and I are harsh on the community of the Prophet ﷺ, then we've done the work of the Islamophobes. We've created an uncomfortability in religious places. That's why Sayyidina Imamna Shatibi radiallahu anhu, he said that, you know, the mufti should carry the people like a physician, right? The teacher should carry people like a physician. If you over-medicate, you'll destroy their liver, your liver and you'll poison them. If you under-medicate, they'll be destroyed by sickness. Well, khayru umuri awsatuha. So the best thing is to be in the middle, kind and loving to the believers merciful to the community of the Prophet. And I guarantee you, almost everyone in this room now has been mistreated by a religious person and it affected their deen and their iman. So one of the simple things we can do to protect the ummah is to be nice. Allah, it's not hard to be nice. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has to force the Prophet to be harsh because the nature of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is a loving person and a merciful person. And that's why Allah says, Allah orders him, you must say, O Kafir. Because the nature of the Prophet is not to talk to people in harsh terms. So Allah orders him, you must, O Muhammad, say to these people, Ya Kuffar. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah says, you should speak well to people. So we, we should also try to acquire the blessings that Allah has given us. Ahsinu kama ahsanallahu ilaykum. As Allah says in the Qur'an, you should be good as Allah was good to you. And one of those qualities is that Allah preserved our iman, al-mu'min, al-muhaymin, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And He kept our hearts on the straight path. So Allah protected us from ourselves. He protected us from our desires. He protected us from evil inclinations. Allah says in the Qur'an that He's that close to you. He comes between you and your heart. أَقْرَبْ إِلَيْكُمْ مِنْ حَبَلِ الْوَرِيدِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى And now this falls upon us in our personal lives, in our personal capacity to be loving to our spouses, to be kind to our children, to be soft and easy with community members, to be forgiving and patient, not to turn the mosque into a courthouse where we're pushing people out of the religion. As one of my teachers used to say, أَكْبَرُ fitna, the greatest fitna that fell on the hearts of mutadayyinin is nas they, they push the people away from the deen in the name of the truth they push people from the truth whereas subhanallah someone is smart they're going to try to be wise in kind and merciful 
and try to touch people in a way that brings them to Allah. So if you're sitting in the masjid now and the only thing you're thinking about is everybody in the mosque is astray and everyone mosque is, e is evil, I encourage you to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and be aware of your own sins and cry for your soul because you have been enticed by the trick of hypocrisy. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from this. As the Prophet said, Bi isnad and sahih, Tuba, paradise for the one who's busy with themselves, they don't notice people. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And once Al Qadi Abu Bakr ibn Arabi, the great faqih, the great Maliki, he prayed Asr in uh, Masjid al Aqsa. And subhanAllah, in, in Masjid al Aqsa, there was a person next to him on his right and to his left. And after the salah, the person on his left, he said, Man, did you see the guy on your right side? He prayed wrong. The Shaykh, he said, Man, how did you see the guy on my right side, man? And then the guy on his right side, he said, Shaykh, hada can you salli ala khata? The guy on your left, he was praying wrong. And, and then Al Qadi, he said, Ana kuntu mashghulan bi rabbi. Like, I was busy with God. I didn't see him, I didn't see you. Right? That should be the attitude of the believer. But when if we walk into the mosque, and we walk into the mosque like we're here, like, you know, the health department, it's the iman department, we're going to check everybody out so we can feel good. Ibn Jawzi said, man, this is one of the greatest tricks of shaitan. And it takes a person's hasanat away from them. The second thing is that defending the Muslims implies a, a structural defense because Islamophobia, as Khalid Baydoun in his book American Islamophobia brilliantly uh, writes about, I interviewed him recently on my podcast, it is a shameless plug, you should listen to it. And you know, we understand that Islamophobia is meant at its simplest form to create stress and harm on the Muslims. That's it. At its most cancerous form, it's meant to reduce us politically uh, and to limit our political participation and in fact even our public participation. I've seen uh, public Islamophobia even attack Muslims engaged in interfaith work, I mean, at that level. And, and, and private Islamophobia can be, be addressed in ways that I, I mentioned earlier about how we interact with one another, with good character, engagement, participating in society, right? Because when people are exposed to the Muslim community, they like us, right? When, when people get to know Muslims, they, they enjoy them. I remember once, uh, some years ago in Boston, there was a lady from CNN who followed me around for a day, and at the end of the day, she grabbed me and she was like, this is like the most amazing religious community I've ever like, followed, like this is so cool. But like you guys, you guys, your story is not out there. Like, and I said, well, that's your job. She said, that's my job, but that's also your job. Don't just blame the media, right? But you also have a responsibility to create leaders in the community that can engage with the media. Second thing is that structural Islamophobia is going to be taken on like Roseanne Barr in the courts uh, and in the political process. And that can be taken on as individuals. I can deal with my you know, crappy neighbor. I can send them some Ru'afsa, some Gulab Jamin, you know, maybe some Bulani. Khalas, just one taste of Bulani, they're going to convert to Islam, inshallah. Right? That, that's not a problem, right? But the problem now is like structural Islamophobia. And God bless the head of ABC who called Roseanne Barr and said, like, this is a teaching moment. He did that on its own. That's rare to see the structure react this way. Uh, but structural Islamophobia is nasty work. It, it, it's in our political system. It's embedded in the history of our political system. There's a number of court cases. If you go back 100 years ago, you see anti-Muslim bias and animus towards 
towards Muslims uh, explicitly exhibited by the courts. Uh, there's numerous cases. George Shisham uh, was a Lebanese immigrant, went up for naturalization three times or four times, was denied, and the last time he said to the judge, well, there's one thing you don't know about me, judge. He said, yes, I'm not Muslim, I'm Christian. He was immediately naturalized, right? Uh, the case is not funny, this is serious business. Ahmed Hassan, a Yemeni in Detroit, in 1915 goes up for naturalization is denied in the court record in the federal court in this country because we have to understand something America is not a successful democracy if you think America is a successful democracy ask DACA recipients if you think America is a successful democracy ask women who are not being paid equal if you think America is a successful democracy ask black Americans or Latinos right America is an emergent democracy which we as citizens have a responsibility as a prophetic community to hold to task for its morals and its ideals and to be constructively critical of this democracy when it fails and wishful and hopeful also uh, critical partners when it succeeds. If we think that America is a successful democracy, we can ask people in Afghanistan who they say nine out of ten people that have been hit by drone strikes have nothing to do with terror. So there's no way that we can feel that we've somehow reached a golden age and that was under Barack Hussein Obama who passed CVE and now suddenly everything's great. No, there has been a steady case of anti-Muslim, anti-black, anti-woman, anti-Native American, anti-Latino, pro-white uh, bias within the structure of this country from its inception. And it's, it's great to see that young generations, especially of Muslims and, and millennials and Generation Z folks are the ones who are woke and now calling this democracy to uphold the principles for which it claims. So we can't somehow as a Muslim community feel that we have hit the mother load and everything's great. No, we are in an emergent democracy which we are partners of through citizenry, which we have the right to hold accountable through the, 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 the voter box, I hope next 2018, you know, it's a very important uh, congressional election. I hope people are registered to vote and involved, but then taking on that structure needs an organization. And that's where care comes into play. And that's why the work that care does in the Sunnah of God, right, out to defend the rights and dignity and humanity of the Muslim community, right, is of utmost importance, extremely important. And that's why we, we need to continue to support the work of care. And I'll give you three reasons, inshallah. The first reason is that care maintains its independence and speaks authentically on behalf of our community. It hasn't been compromised. And not being compromised is extremely important. Inshallah, we'll, we'll pray soon, inshallah. Barakallahu feek. Uh, the sunnah is to delay Isha anyways. Alhamdulillah. So we want to stay with the sunnah of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And if we don't work to defend our mosques, we won't have any more mosques to pray in. This is one of the important qawaid in Islam, that the means come before the ends. So the first is that care speaks independently and authentically and honestly, and that's because we support it. If we don't support it, it becomes financially weak and anemic, and then it becomes vulnerable. The second thing is that care is about community, and I'm gonna finish now, I apologize. And what I mean by community is that care is engaged with our community, it listens to our community. Up in LA, they just hired two community organizers, right? So they represent the voice of the community. About six years ago, I received a phone call from a person who offered me a lot of money not to talk about politics in the community and not to organize the community on civic issues. 
This was a person, a philanthropist, who was outside of the Muslim community, who wanted to put money in the Muslim community to create his own leaderships, leadership. That leadership was not in, in line with our strategic vision. That leadership was in line with his strategic vision. That's scary. People are willing to put money in the Muslim community, right, whether overseas or here, to craft leadership, which is going to help them fulfill their strategic <coughs> goals. The point is this. If you don't support the independent leadership, then the leadership which is being funded and supported by people outside of your community will succeed. And the messaging that they put money into will become louder and louder and louder. So care is part of the community. You see people in care at Fajr. Like for me, that's very important. If you want to be a community leader, I need to see you at Fajr. Right? If you want to be a community leader, I want to see you in the masjid regularly during the week because you've engaged the community. Right? You're true in your commitment to the community. And the last point is that care is about justice. And we know that, especially under this administration, uh, this country, its, its commitment to justice, its commitment to integrity, um, you know, I understand people keep talking about the Iranian issue, but I haven't heard anybody say that America illegally pulled out of a treaty. It's a violation of international law, right? To pull out of a treaty is a violation of international law. What does that mean? It means that we're not upholding a commitment to justice. That should concern us. At a smaller level, we're seeing what's happening to the most vulnerable in this country. Till now, there has been no prison reform. Till now, we're seeing our brothers and sisters affected by DACA exposed. Till now, we're seeing a Muslim ban. This is not a travel ban. This is a Muslim ban. Till now, we're seeing Rosen Barr use language which is harsh about the Muslim community. So we have to have an institutional voice for justice. And that's what makes care important. So may Allah subhanahu wa bless you, inshallah. And tonight, I have a small uh, discussion about care after, I believe, uh, four rakah, inshallah ta'ala. May Allah accept and bless all of you, inshallah. Zakallahu khairan wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Muhammad wa sallam.